Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Star Wars Edition. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me as always, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Give him a little something, Tom. Oh, cannot get your ship out. <laughs> The, the internet is awash with fan theories about Star Wars, 100% of which are wrong. So allow me to add to them. Go, go, uh, go. J.K. Simmons in Whiplash is a better teacher than Yoda. <laughs> you teach young people. Yeah, you got, do, you, do, you got, you, do you think Yoda is setting up Luke for success? You got beef with Yoda? <laughs> well, I, I want to see this guy's you know, teaching credentials. <laughs> well, how about uh, no try? Do or do and not. Don't tell, and don't tell me he taught Obi-Wan because, first of all, that's not really the case. Yeah, Secondly, exactly. <laughs> that turns out not to be the case. I mean, and we're not... All, we're not... Obi- Obi-Wan is no... Uh, is no... Is no prize. Yeah, exactly. to, you know, the truth. And mentoring. <laughs> that, you know, it's... You You spoke at length during the 1997 single sequels. I did indeed, correct. Uh, about, about an American werewolf in Paris. Oh, specifically, yes. And how that movie retroactively ruins yeah. movies. And mm. there's shit that happens in the prequels that retroactively ruin these movies. And it's frustrating. Yeah. It, is very, it is very frustrating. Um, I should say, before we get going, though, Tom, we are not here to discuss those movies. We are going original sequels only Yes. for this endeavor. Yeah. We will get to those other sequels, uh, but not now. Not now, yes. We figured, too, much to, too much to take on all at once. Yeah, we, we did Star Trek, and uh, if not for the month of October and us revisiting... The Halloween series, we probably would yeah. have done this back to back, but obviously, uh, if you talk about Star Trek, you got to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're yeah, we're we're not here. We're not here to talk about uh, about the prequels. That is correct. Rest rest assured. <laughs> or stay tuned. Or stay tuned, depending on yeah, depending on your point of view. Yeah. From a certain point of view. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, but, you know, of course, part of what wrapped up in that when you do watch those those prequels is you realize uh, the extent to which Obi-Wan might not be the greatest teacher ever. Yeah, uh, talk about an unreliable narrator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the extent to which he is a liar. Yes. <laughs> and uh, apparently for you... Uh, Yoda, not not all that much. No, as a no, teacher. No, I I I, uh, I I don't think he's um, 
I don't think he's a safe pair of hands at this point. <laughs> like I said, I would have trusted J.K. Simmons far more. At least he got the drum solo out of him in the end, you know? True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yoda singularly fails in his... Uh, in Yoda's defense, in he's... His, in his teaching plan. In Yoda's defense, though, he's saying, you're not done yet. Don't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course just, Luke well, was going to fail. Yeah, but but he's he's just, you know, he's one of those teachers who who just wants to knock down their student. And that's the wrong approach with Luke. You need oh, to like you got up. you got to know how you gotta to build him up a little bit. Right. Before you before you knock him down. Yeah. Not to mention, I guess Yoda is not to know this, but he spends the entirety of the Empire Strikes Back having his ass handed to him. So you know, if Yoda would have known that, mind you, he can see the future. Uh, so he and and apparently watches over Luke. He says uh, it's difficult to see, Tom. Difficult. He says difficult to see. However, he also says he's been watching Luke all his life. <laughs> so he should know that Luke deserves a break from being <laughs> being bashed around you, the head. You you are starting to sound like the parent that wants to give Luke the participation trophy. Yeah, great. <laughs> this he took down the Death Star. Let credit where credit is due. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Well, it's great. A great moment where um, a classic Yoda oversimplification. He says, um, "Always with you, it cannot be done." Mm-hmm. And for a guy who single-handedly destroyed the Death Star. I feel like that's a uh, that's a little bit of a generalization there. <laughs> I I think it might be an unfair characterization. Yeah. Just because yes, I mean Luke did destroy the Death Star, but we're, you know, it's not apples and oranges, but it's you know, we're talking about you becoming a Jedi and Luke does have that thing within him of it can't be done. It can't be done. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But I agree with you completely about everything that happened to Luke in his life. Of course, that's what he thinks. Yeah. Because except so for blowing teach, up the Death so Star. What, what you're saying is you teach your students like Yoda teaches Luke. I don't. I I, I don't. But I'm not. You know. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for Yoda a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about the original Star Wars series. This being the Everything Sequel podcast, we of course are going to be talking about The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You say of course. Yes. Whereas <laughs> we we in fact did not start talking about Star Wars with The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. We we have approached Star Wars ass backwards on you're this true. podcast. You're true. We started yeah, you're right, with the rather. Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Which no one should start with. If you're, if, should not be anyone's first. If you're, point if of you're call. playing along at home, we have started with the Star Wars Holiday Special, and we have and it done end Solo, there. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, and then uh, Caravan of Courage, the first Ewoks TV movie, and spoiler alert, we're doing the second. Right. So this, I think, this is a this is a mea culpa for. <laughs> 
But uh, what I'm saying is... But, you know, technically, Star Wars Holiday Special is the first Star Wars sequel, and I think we talked about that. We talked about that, right. At the time, it's just that everyone wishes it wasn't. Yeah. But that's a different thing, too. We did it for the watch-along. It's not on our feed. So mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not paying attention to the walk the the watch alongs, yeah. and why aren't you? But if you're not, <laughs> this is our first endeavor on on this we, yeah, feed. If, if you've not you've you've not never been on YouTube. If you've never been on our YouTube channel, we look competent. <laughs> right, <laughs> is what we're saying. <laughs> you don't have a Star Wars sequel until you have B. Arthur. I say. <laughs> That's right. Harvey Corman drinking out of his head. The high point, the high watermark of the, of the franchise. Right. Now, okay. Obviously, Tom, this is our uh, ranking and declaring episode. It is. So we have to rank these two movies. We have to declare good and bad. Only to each other. Right. We're dealing with the, with, the, with the franchise at this point. Correct. Now, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because this this program, we have been doing this podcast for two years and almost one month, mm-hmm. and we started the entire series with Superman. Yes. Or the Superman series. I you remember so far. I remember on that first series sort of <laughs> boldly declaring. Oh, shit, what did I say? Tom, obviously there's only one right answer in yeah, yeah, yeah. in ranking these movies. Mm. Superman 2 is at the top of the list. Is it not? I, I sense an unfair comparison. And, <laughs> and, of course, you said, no, not at all, <laughs> Superman 3. Right. Which leads me to my next question. What are you proposing? I am, I am asking, like, to me... Oh, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, no, no. Go ask the question. Ask I mean, the question. the question for me is: Is this a foregone conclusion? First of all, no one is out there. But I'm hearing your Yoda complaints and starting to think Tom's rule of three might come into play. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tom's rule of three, I, I admit, must have been a concern for you going in, going into this. <laughs> First of all, no one. Apart from me, goes around saying Superman three is a better movie than Superman two. <laughs> I know. Whereas literally everyone in the world goes around saying Empire is better than Jedi. Yes. So already, but everyone says Superman two is a better movie than Superman three, except you. Right. So that logic right. dictates that you might say, "Hey, I got a little something to tell you." Return of the Jedi. Well, I think you're just trying to introduce stakes into a. where there are no process which is i mean it's beyond a foregone conclusion the trains left the station all right as far as i'm concerned um yeah i mean the, the it gets that's the thing like it's interesting that no one's ever really approached this question quite quite the way we have right for once because people sort of write off jedi as automatically worse than the previous two films, mm-hmm. but it's about whether Star Wars or Empire are better, which is better there. So this is a more interesting question because we don't have to worry about whether Empire is better than Star Wars. 
Um, right. But uh, we just have to think about whether it's uh, better than Jedi. Agreed. And not anything else. And not anything else in the wider franchise. Right. 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 Because as we said, we're just talking just these yeah. movies against each other. Yeah. Just a couple of sequels, hanging out, looking for a good time. And I mean, normally no we... Skywalker saga, right? No Star Wars stories, no, no endless Disney Plus TV series. <laughs> so bitterness from fandom should not enter into this equation, right? Well, except except the George Lucas hasn't given us that grace, has he? True. Because, because true. It, the, the the truth is, if you are. If you are re-watching or rewatching, because the truth is, uh, there's well, four movies to talk about. Yes, if you're watching <laughs> or rewatching these movies, chances are you are you are streaming them on Disney Plus, which means you are getting a the the most recent special edition of both movies, which is not the original release version of these movies. Correct. I mean, this is for most people, this is a given, but it's worth pointing out because. For the purposes of this podcast, uh, Mike has watched the original versions, mm-hmm. which he has. You know, uh, you. I remember a while back you said to me, "Should I watch these?" And I said, "Smoke them if you got them." <laughs> yeah, why? Right. Why would you? Why would you subject yourself right. to to the Disney Plus versions if you have access to these? Yes. Um, Whereas I don't have that luxury, so I I only watched uh, I only watched the Disney Plus versions. But just to clarify, I have seen the original versions enough, right? To be a, and I'm basing all my ranking and declaring on that. The special edition doesn't come into it only as a kind of additional point of comparison, uh, you know, like the subject of conversation about mm-hmm. what's going on there. Uh, but it doesn't affect my ranking and declaration at all. Okay. Um, because I know, and same for me. I, I know the I know these two movies. I had a commercially owned VHS of The Empire Strikes Back. Right. I had uh, an off-air recording of Return of the Jedi, which even with commercial breaks, uh, interstitial logos, mm-hmm. and um, it was around Christmas time on British television, so there was a phone number going across the bottom of the screen for a Christmas care line. Even with all of that, it was still less busy than the special edition <laughs> of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that was still sparser visually than what than what Lucas did to Return of I'll the Jedi. I'll tell you something that retrospectively. I'll tell you something that really surprised me because I actually watched both versions. I know you did, yeah. and I knew you would. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sick. You are. Uh, Quite sick. <laughs> but the the one thing that surprised me is that if you take away the first act and the very last part of the third act in Jedi, mm. that movie is pretty much untouched. <laughs> wow. From, okay. From the sec from from the special editions. Whereas the rest of it is, you know, giving a teddy bear to a child and saying, yeah. why did the bad man touch you? <laughs> Fuck. Come on. I mean, uh, let, let's, you know what I mean? I, I appreciate what, I appreciate what you're saying, 
you know, but <laughs> I'm just saying it surprised me. The damage me. is already done by that point. No, right? I agree. I, I, I'm just saying it surprised me. Um, and because I we'll get, we'll I remembered get it differently. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, I, you know, I'm all I'm all for giving George Lucas the benefit of the doubt, and and I I am more forgiving towards him on a number of issues than most Star Wars fans are and audiences generally. But the special editions—it's funny you say rank, that. The special editions rankle me in a way that nothing else he's done in the, with the in the Star yes, Wars franchise, me too. or the Indiana Jones franchise ever has. Agreed. Uh, it's well, really interesting. I don't know. I don't know if you've you've seen the documentary. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't think you think that. I appreciate you agreeing with me, but I don't think you think that. I, <laughs> I think yeah, Crystal Skull. Hmm. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, someday. Have you ever seen a documentary called The People versus George Lucas? No. So it's a it's a fan-made documentary um and it's an attempt to sort of make the case for and against you know George the Lucas man himself. in the era in the era of prequels, the era of prequels in the India and Crystal Skull. And it's a very it's a it's a really nuanced and balanced a uh, piece of, you know, argument filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, and there's a really compelling defense of his, of the special editions of the Star Wars movies, and they have art historians come on and talk about how the Renaissance masters used to go back to their old paintings, and so what we see is a composite of what they've done over the years with the work. It's not what was originally put out there as the work itself. And so that you know, there's a the even with that, I just can't. I, I still can't accept it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I still, I still, I still think it's an abomination. But You're I rea- right. You know, I realize there is a case to be made for what he's doing artistically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how far in the hole I am with the special editions. Like I, I understand that there is a count. There, there is a legitimate art history counterpoint argument to what I'm saying, and I still cannot accept it. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, like, even even as you were describing that, the thought in my head was, I don't accept that argument, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just... It's a good argument. It, 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 it is a, a fair argument. argument. It would stand up in court, yeah. you know? I, I don't uh, disagree with that, that this but this documentary presented it against all the fan backlash because. But the acid within me, the acid within me, built up enough for me to say, just like squash that down and say bullshit. Yeah. I do not accept. Right, and it. I think you know what I've realized in doing this podcast, and we've dealt with some kind of director's cuts and. Uh, where they were, you know, that have been made retrospectively, like 10, 20 years after the fact. And I realized that I really appreciate the historicity of films. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see them in their original context. More, right, right, right. More than I want them to fix what might be their mistakes, mm-hmm. you know? And in some cases, these, these films are flawed and they do need fixing. But you should never do it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because what because what you do to fix it will automatically be worse and make it feel inauthentic. Yeah, to what it is. To what to what it was. To what it was. Yeah, and you know, it's all you know. It's gonna look dated. You know, if you when it, when whatever time period you fix it in, 
that fix is going to look dated. Right. But I but for some reason, and I said this to you off mic, for some reason, the original context, even though it may have dated more than the aesthetic less the time offensive fix, it just feels more because authentic. It, fe- it feels more authentic because it's from the time it was made. Right. I prefer that kind of dated. Yes, me too. To the other kind of dated. Because that was the other big takeaway on watching. Which again, doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. But No, I think it does make sense because. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I again, I feel like old men, old man yelling at cloud about this. But... No, I'll, 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 I will be an old man yelling about how I should be yelling. Yeah. <laughs> from that particular subject. Because that was the other thing. That really struck me when I was watching the special editions. I mean, most especially Jedi. Because <laughs> when you get that bar scene and when you get the celebration at the end, it <laughs> it's imperfect in in a exactly in a 1997 kind of way. Yeah, I mean, and there's also intellectual property issues here, isn't there? When it because you know you remove one piece of music in that instance, you yeah, remove right. One piece of music and replacing another. Two pieces and, of know, music. I mean, beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. Um, but uh, Billy D. Williams is barely clapping to the beat of the original song. He's definitely not clapping yeah. to the beat of this replacement song. Right. <laughs> He's already off the beat. He's really off the beat this time. So. <laughs> You know, it's clear it's not meant to be in the movie, right? When you and watch it's, it, what I think I think we talked like about all the special edition fixes. When you watch it, you're like, this was clearly not meant to be in the movie. And we, and we ta- I think we I've talked about it. this off mic because I think they're also objectively worse choices. They're definitely choices from a from a time in George Lucas's life and career where he's less capable of making the kinds of choices right. that he made in the original movies. Yeah. That's as far as I'll go <laughs> for All right. now. All right. As we said, we're not talking about the prequels <laughs> yet. All right. Maybe ever. I. I <laughs> so. I mean, we always ask. I always ask you this: What I mean. It, for even a second, is any of this difficult for you? For either no. ranking or declaring? No, but um, I think it's good to just to just check in. It was interesting to me. I mean, I'm I'm with you. Not a second of it was difficult for me, but it was interesting to watch these movies with a different eye. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, specifically it's, it's, watch them for the purposes of the podcast. That was interesting. We talked during, you know, our Star Trek episodes. Um, well, and you, you brought up a good point that there are these kind of popular culture narratives. Yeah, right. Of what you're supposed to think about these films, which kind of get in the way of what you might actually think about them if you just watch them. Um. And so, I, and so, but it's interesting I think, that I think it's good to sort of walk these movies through those. Not that I necessarily came out with a different outcome, mm-hmm. but I think it's good to just walk it through those because you know one of one of these movies is looked down upon and one of these movies is is highly rated. Yeah, and so it's just good to sort of check in what see what the barometer is. What I think is interesting is that there's a difference for me between the Star Trek. Yeah, there is. There's a huge difference. And, and the Star yeah. Wars, in the sense of it, what we were talking about, the the broad public opinion. Yeah. Where I was saying when we were doing Star Trek that the broad public opinion 
has affected the way I thought about these okay. movies. And then yeah. when I watch them, I think, no, that's wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. But it has not affected my viewing of this, these two movies from Star Wars. The broad public have, opinion. I, I think... It, no, it's not. Yeah, it's it's never. It's not never the same affected. way that it has for Star Trek. Well, I think I, I think that's kind of that's interesting to me. Sorry, go ahead. I think I think no, I think that might be opposite for me. I think I think I'm more affected by the idea um, of how how great Empire is versus how bad Jedi is. Um, but upon viewing them for the purposes of this podcast, I was able to sort of like rationalize both sides of that mm -hmm. right to sort of take on take on basically it's like take on both arguments is empire as good as it's supposed to be is empire as bad as it's supposed to be wait what'd you say did you say empire is as bad as it's supposed to be no i said is empire is as good as it's supposed to be and is jedi as bad as it's supposed to okay. be okay you you swap them over in your head I thought you said Empire and you're, you're, Empire. You're, you're paranoid that I'm going to say Jedi is a better movie. <laughs> and you are creating a popular culture narrative in your own mind <laughs> about my opinions about this film. Fine. I mean, you know, it's time. Although I think yeah. we've already kind of done it. But... <laughs> well, I think, I, think good, I think good, bad is the more... Yeah, Right, I agree. Is whether I don't know. So in ranking, to yeah. me, our foregone conclusion is the foregone conclusion, and yes. Empire is at the top of the list, and Jedi is second. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I, I was, I tried to keep these movies separate from the rest of the Star Wars franchise in all its iterations. That was easy but... for me. Actually, <laughs> but I actually don't think I did, but I also don't think it matters. I didn't. I I barely except the except for like, except for moments where the prequels fuck up things that characters say directly in these movies. Yeah. Uh, well, I just mean in terms of ranking. No, yeah, I I know what you mean, yeah. but um. But what I'm saying is those are the only moments where I even thought of any of the other movies. Well, that yeah, I mean I I couldn't I couldn't really separate it. Uh but I realized that this is going to be this ranking is going to stand mm -hmm. for everything. Gotcha. <laughs> everything outside the original trilogy. It's going to be one two. It's going to be this one two punch wherever you put it. Mm hmm. Um, so and meaning it's, just, it's it's at the top of your list for everything or. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be like one and two, no matter. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter what is. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine. Maybe there will be a film at some point, but. No. Yeah. I'm I'm made, I'm exactly the same in. They haven't made it in, you know, 40 years. Right. So. Exactly. Um, or, you know, so let's just assume they won't because it's not going in the right direction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and, but that made me think, that made me think, you know, in a wider sense, cause I want to also want to think about these as films in their own right. Sure. Uh, I was kind of thinking, uh, is there any way you can cut it where this wouldn't be the order? It's like. 
I don't know. No, I, 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 no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> there you go. So just to bring some perspective to it. But I, I, because it's easy, it's very easy to rank, but when you put it in those other contexts, you realize that, that, that ease with which you can go, this is first, this is second, and everything else is, pales in comparison, is kind of significant. Mm hmm. No, oh, yeah, for sure. It's because absolutely it, significant. Especially when you think of how, but, you know, rubbish Jedi is sometimes. You're like, right. guys, think about what came afterwards and think about... Really think about it. Really think about it. Yeah. Because, think, but do you think, think... about how film... Just think about how, in general, filmmaking competency has gone down since that movie. Right. But my question to you is, is this more of us old men yeah. shaking our fists... Are, would we be in the minority putting these two movies at the top of our lists? Well, when I say old man yells at cloud, that's already a reference that's about 20 years out of date. So that tells you all you need to know about where I'm coming from in the popular culture timeline. <laughs> I mean, well, it's... It's partly that. It's partly old man yells at cloud. And it's partly, I think... And you've watched Light and Magic, and I've watched mm -hmm. it recently, the documentary about industrial light and magic. And just to sort of think about how how breakthrough these two films are in terms of right. what they're presenting on film, I really don't think you can underestimate them. And I really don't think you should you should mix them in with everything else that's happened in the Star Wars franchise because uh, you know at the time of their release they were the the absolute best and most successful version of what they were trying to do. Both of these sequels have won Oscars for their visual effects in which they were the only film it was a special yeah. award. <laughs> yeah. You had to give them something, right? Yeah, it was wow. <laughs> We can't yeah. believe that. Here, yeah. have this. And the Academy doesn't do that often. You know, they, right. there's like one or two examples of it throughout history of like, we need to create, you know, Planet of the Apes makeup was one of them. It's mm -hmm. like, we don't know what this is for, but you deserve this. Right. <laughs> um, but just, you know, sort of both both that fact when you're watching them and also and this is the this is the crucial part for me and i don't know why it never struck me before mm -hmm. but it really did this time probably yeah. light and light and magic is the is the reason it looks effortless right we don't have to go far back star trek the motion picture <laughs> it, that the the effects in that could not look more effortful yeah this is completely effortless. Well, Everything and but when you feels like it's part of a world yes. that exists. But when you and... watch Light and Magic and you see sort of working against the clock. Oh, oh I mean it's it, and it's just and how difficult it was. Yeah. It's all the more impressive. And there were things I don't even think you need that context. The fact that I I don't I don't know of many films that Pull yeah, you're, this yeah. trick with a with a with a completely fictional universe that feels whole and comprehensive and plausible, and yet it's puppets talking to people, mm -hmm. it's stop motion creatures with uh, with 
with live action. It's models on their own. Well, and let's go back for let's go back <laughs> and you like you like I believe it. I believe this is all happening. Yes, I I th that's the other thing is is I mean obviously we always cut the head off the snake and we don't yeah. talk about the original, but but the this series is the reason I love movies, which I think I mentioned mm. to you the other night off air. Yeah. Um and part of that is being five years old and watching Star Wars. And when you watch Light and Magic and you see the uh the you know, the very first shot of the movie of the the Imperial ship. Right. You know, uh running down this small alliance ship and the sense of awe that they wanted that to inspire that's literally the the feeling that i remember seeing as a 5 year old in the theater mm. the sense of yeah. wonder the sense of awe the sense of scale everything about it and like you're like you were just describing the entire world was wholly seen mm. and honest and real and it's funny that you know movies that have come after it don't have that feeling. No, no. There's always one element that looks looks like it's coming. I mean, whether it's sound or visuals, it looks right. like it, it's it's it was it was recorded elsewhere and put into the movie. And for some reason, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned being five years old because when it comes to the when it comes to the Empire Strikes Back and how highly rated it is, mm -hmm. I really wanted to poke holes in it. Yeah, right. In terms of nostalgia, it's like because because I it's hard for me to believe that they have never achieved this again. Yeah, in in the Star Wars. And it's funny you say God that. God knows they've made enough movies and TV shows at this point that it should they should be getting close. Right, and I to wanted achieve. to do the same so thing. I'm like, is this just an illusion created by nostalgia that this works as well as I think it does? Right. But I could not. I could. You know what's so, funny, he, Tom? Yeah. What's funny for me is I was doing the same exact thing and I ended up having more respect. Yes, exactly. 100%. Like 150%. It 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 it, 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 it astonished me even more. I I yeah. just couldn't believe what I was seeing sometimes and I'm I you know, like you, I think you mentioned this earlier. There's nobody lately that I would like to give more shit to than George Lucas, but I found myself defending him on so many fronts as I uh, rewatched these movies and listened to commentaries and watched the, the reissues along with the yeah. actual original movies. And one thing I'll take away is uh, putting his teaching practices aside, y Yoda himself, I'm with George Lucas. I thought that was... It was such a remarkable performance. I thought it should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, I mean, it's a it's a given. It's one of the greatest achievements in in puppetry in acting. Yeah, um, one of the greatest characters. It's so good. That era of film. It's so good that the movie's director Irvin Kirshner would often give direction to the puppet. Yeah, and Frank Oz would say, "Talk to me, please." <laughs> can you can you imagine like Irving Kirshner who already sounds like a Muppet right and George Lucas who already sounds like a Muppet talking to Frank Oz <laughs> right. as Yoda right what we need to do here so it's it's interesting because 
I know, like, in recent years, people, and I'm using the term loosely because I'm talking about Joss Whedon here, um, have tried to <laughs> poke holes in the reputation of The Empire Strikes Back, saying, you know, it's an incomplete story, has an unsatisfying ending. Um, but I can't, I just, I just don't no. see, I actually think, and this is another revelation for me, I actually think the reason both these movies succeed, but in particular why Empire succeeds, is it just, it restricts itself to telling the middle part of a of trilogy. Story. Yeah. And then Jedi tells the final part of the tri- of the story and it never overreaches. Never. Either way, like it doesn't it doesn't do too little, it doesn't do too much. And when you think about that in I know we're not supposed to be, but you think about it in comparison to other Star Wars movies, it starts to add up, right? Why this yes, is so exactly. much better. Right. Because you, you you sort of think, well, Phantom Menace didn't tell any story, and then the next two films <laughs> right. are saddled with telling all of the story. Yeah. And you think about Last Jedi, Last Jedi told too much of the story, Rise of Skywalker had nothing left to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of think Wow, God! Maybe the genie, Joss Whedon. I say to you, maybe the gene, true genius of these films in storytelling terms is they know their limits. They right. know where the story. They tell exactly as much of the story as they as need they to need tell to tell. Know. And that that goes down and to I completely like deferring dis- thing, like deferring explanations for things that's happening. Yeah, and Empire I- makes a decision to say. Uh, We've got a big retcon to explain, but we're not going to explain it now. That's the next film's problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the next film picks up the mantle and does the best it can. And it's I also, amazing. I also completely it's like throwing a ball. Yeah, and I completely disagree that it's unsatisfying because it wasn't even unsatisfying well, I mean, to look me at the source. when I was eight. Guy can't even write dialogue. I mean, look at the source. <laughs> Guy's been coasting in Hollywood for so many years with literally no talent. Of course, he thinks that. That's fantastic. All right, but, but I wanted to I wanted to take that seriously because I, I'm sort of I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by any counter argument to Empire. Well, are, are we are we do, we're doing good and bad now? Aren't yeah. We? So I'll save it. But I'm fascinated. No, don't by the save it. I mean, we're here. We're there. Well, so. no, I'm, I'm fascinated by the counter arguments because I just I don't see them and I can't see them. No, yeah. I can't let that happen. You don't want, you want to know why I you can't let that see them? And I can't let that happen. Because they're not there. <laughs> I don't think they are, but I'm so fascinated by anyone who has any issues. Right. And I want to take those into account. No, agreed. And you know, it was really something could do, like I said, I said before, the you know, these movies could do no wrong for me as a as a kid. And so watching them more critically with a more critical eye and basically seeing no deficiencies in one and the the, the deficiencies I do see in the other uh, were more interesting than anything else. Oh, wow. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a really healthy way to look, yeah. to look at these films. Yeah. Um, now the question is, could, could I poke enough holes to say it's a bad movie? Well, I mean, I, I let let's. I just want to deal with the other end of the, you know, the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Upon what rewatching, let's face it, the inferior version of the Empire Strikes Back that exists. Right. I'm still. I can only reconfirm that this is the greatest Star Wars movie. A great movie in its own right. 
and one of the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah. I I can't. I just nothing nothing I can do about that. Yeah, it's exactly, so good. Exactly. It's so good that even George Lucas barely messed with it. Right. In the special edition. In the special edition. <laughs> compared to the other movies. I mean, that's how good it is. Right. <laughs> even George it, Lucas well, understands that it's he It's so good that George Lucas who like it was all he wanted to do was to fucking tinker around with yeah. these movies. Yeah. Found that he couldn't. Yeah, he just went fair play. Yeah. Which is something, and it's you know we were I think we were talking about this again the other night. the The things that he would end up tinkering and fucking with is like changing the buildings, yeah, adding shoe leather, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best he could come up with. By the way, reusing a shot from Return of the Jedi in the process. It's like way to make your films look cheaper, George. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Taken one of the great technical achievements of cinema and made it look cheaper. Fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, I, you know, we are in lockstep on yeah. Empire. I, like you, think it is the greatest Star Wars movie. Yeah. And I, like you, think it's one of the greatest sequels ever. Yeah. You know, believe the hype, it's a sequel to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. misquote uh, Public Enemy. <laughs> well, and of course that leaves us with Jedi. It does. What do you want to say about that? I want to say, like I said, you take the lead on this. It one. was very interesting to watch this movie with a more critical eye. Mm, yeah. The the. We were, no assumptions. Yeah. We were talking earlier about the, the Grand Public's uh, perception of this movie. <laughs> the Grand Republics. The Grand Republics. And basically, the the fandom's view uh, has, I think, molded into Harrison Ford's view. <laughs> <laughs> and, Who, by the way, evidently does not want to be there. Right. <laughs> but I will say emphatically, it is not my view. No. Not mine either. And one of the things that's so successful, you know, it's it's you, when you think about, say, uh, the Lord of the Rings series, mm. both Star Wars and that first Lord of the Rings movie, it's a it's a straight ahead narrative. You don't have multiple storylines. It's a map. Right. It's a literal map. Literal map. It's really funny. On, on uh, one of your Project 1982 episodes, uh, you talked. You were talking about the Dark Crystal, mm -hmm. and you, you referred to a review that called it Watered Down Tolkien. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, that's all you can do to Tolkien. Otherwise, it's just maps and singing. <laughs> Who wants to watch a movie that's just maps and singing? Right? That's amazing. Carry on. Well... So my overall point was, uh, you know, when you get to when you get to Empire, you have multiple storytelling going on. Mm. And even Lucas said, I like that more. I find it more interesting. And yeah, he totally runs with it in Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Literally, you, you have you have a film of a documentary of him behind the scenes saying, you know, we we did through in the last one we had three story multiple storylines in this one we're going to do four like he literally says it 
Wow. Yeah. But talk about upping the ante. Right. And diminishing returns. But what I want to say about Jedi is I what I really noticed on this viewing was that act 1 and act 2 most of act 2. I mean you 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 have multiple storylines, but not, you don't you don't really have multiple storylines until you get to act three. And that's when that Correct, movie yes. becomes great. Interesting. The third act of that movie, I think, stands up with almost anything in the Star Wars saga. I like it mm. that much. Hmm. And yes, this is a good movie. <clears throat> well, I'm also going to call it a good movie, but I think for different reasons than you, um, which is good. Mm-hmm. It gives us something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, not that I disagree with anything that you've said, but it, 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 it something stands out more to you. Something stands out more to me, which is that. So. We just did Star Trek, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, let's use that as a point of comparison. When we talked about Star Trek three, the search for spark, I said that I didn't understand people actively having problems with it. I could understand why people were underwhelmed by it. But I don't understand people having problems with anything that's on screen. Yeah, right. I understand why people have problems with things in that Jedi. are on screen in Return of the Jedi. I understand this movie has problems. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't I, I I don't disagree with that perception. How however and I think I think the other part of it is that this is where it's hardest for me to unravel this film from the rest of the franchise because if you look at it in retrospect it's very clear this is the gateway to a lot of bad tendencies in the Star Wars franchise. Yes, like that, that's the other thing, yeah. But in this context, I think it absolutely gets away with it. It, mm-hmm. it amounts to a good film and largely I think and this this is what struck me this time watching it, largely I think on the strength of a handful of absolutely undeniably outstanding sequences which I, I don't know how you can not come away with from them cheering. Right. And this movie has enough of those to call it a good movie anyway. I, I, I think I actually probably agree with you as well that, you know, there, there are sections of this movie where it's absolutely firing on all cylinders. But even when it's not, it'll throw in a sequence that will, will just yeah, blow right, your mind. Yeah, right, right. It will just blow your mind and you're like... I, you know, I've still never seen anything that achieves this level of whatever it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I might a, have quibbles. I might have you know, problems. Yeah, I, 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 I might nitpick. I might have problems, uh, especially in the first two thirds yeah, of the it's movie. It's a little more than nit- it's a little more than nitpicking. I think. I think there are some, but again, no, there, there separ- are problems. But it's hard to separate that from what you know the series is going to. But become. there's not wholesale problems that I see in other. You know, where where a, a, an entire section I can just do without. Well, I think you were kind of saying the same thing just a second ago, right? Where you're saying, even if you have problems, there'll be something there. There'll be something there, there. Well, the gray there's a gray area between between those two points of view, which is that do we need to spend as much time on this as we do? Gotcha. All right. And that's a big that's a big issue with this. But not that it doesn't need to not that. It doesn't need to be there at all, but do we need 20, 30 minutes of it? Mm-hmm. 
And that's true of a lot of Jedi, and I can't really ignore that. Does it bother me? Not really. Yeah, Not me really neither. At all. But <laughs> I have to take that into account because, you know, you're putting it up against one of the best films of the 1980s. You yeah. can't, you know, and and the specter of the rest of the... The of canon, the yeah. Yes. So it's be- this is a movie that's being attacked from both ends right, right. of itself. Yeah, you're right. And yet, if you kind of, you know, let's let's just let's just cut to the, you know, cut off the head of the snake, cut off its tail. Let's just look at the belly. It's pretty good. Yeah, exactly it's right. A good belly. Yeah. <laughs> I like the look of that. That's belly. a delicious belly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know. For, we have some interesting things to talk about, but we we both feel that Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah, and we both think that both of these movies are good. Yeah, and and let's say you know, let's say as a headline, Return of the Jedi is better than most people think it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious if we would be of like minds for this, for these particular two movies. I, I think you're right to be concerned, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I think the madness begins with the prequels for me yeah. in terms of where my opinion from the rest of, of civilization diverges. Okay. That's when it gets weird. <laughs> and that that's when it's that's when it that's where I'm out there on an island all of my own. <laughs> But at this stage, I think I think I'm still operating within polite society. <laughs> Very good then. Well, uh, I'll look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> it's gonna depress you. Oh, you that's think, good. You, you think Rise of the Machines was hard? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I will happily argue. You'll have to. You'll have no choice. Yeah, exactly. Right. No yeah, 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 yeah. Choice. All right. I, I, to quote Luke, I see the good in you. <laughs> Prequels. <laughs> I say, give in to your hatred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most people did. Yeah. <laughs> If Star Wars fan, if, if if anything can be said about Star Wars fandom, it's that most people now readily give in to their hatred. Yes, exactly. All right. Anything left for you before we sign off? No, I just want I want to get get talking about this uh, this remarkable treat of a movie. couple of movies. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know where we stand. We love The Empire Strikes Back. We like Jedi way more than we think most people do. What say you? Where do you stand? You're going to have to let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next, we'll be talking The Empire Strikes Back. Say goodbye, Tom. 
I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. <laughs> You're starting to make it sound like the melody of a song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the I know the prequels will kind of consolidate this, but I think Yoda and the Emperor are two sides of the same coin. They're both sarcastic as fuck, and they hate Luke. Right. (laughs) They direct most of that venom to Luke. (laughs) I think the Emperor should have reached out to Yoda as his apprentice. They they could have combined forces. Yeah. Man, you got a beef. You got a beef with Yoda. I look forward to it. I've got a beef with Yoda, and I like the Emperor as a... As a person, more than most people do. <laughs> Don't you think when his eyes are kind of sparkling? Yes. Uh, like in those in those close-ups. Well, you, like, you pick. He looks. He looks kind of cute. Yeah, you picked the perfect line. <laughs> you picked the perfect line where I thought, man, what? That's just the 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 greatest amount of sarcasm. Like the most the most ingenious amount of go fuck yourself, Luke. There's, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, there was a lot of criticism of introducing such a, a melodramatic character as the Emperor uh-huh. so late on in the series, uh, but it's lines like that that made me think Ian McDermott knows exactly what movie he's yep. in. Yep, 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 yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our ranking and declaring. Like I said, when you hear us next, Empire, the Empire Strikes Back. Until then. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.